Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast, powered by Self-Recoding, world-class consulting and coaching services that you can access at selfrecoding.com. Self-Recoding is a unique blend of neuro-healing modalities that will empower you to reach your full potential. Join thousands of others who have experienced rapid results in their journey of personal growth. Now enjoy our show where we bring you tools for a powerful mind with your hosts, Cassie Tate and Daisy Pup. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution, the podcast that gives you tools for a powerful mind. I'm Kathy Tate, your host from Australia. With me, as always, your host from America, Daisy Pap. Hi, Daisy. Hello, my dear friend. Good to see you. Good to hear you. I'm glad that we make it a priority to record our weekly episodes. And I'm very glad in learning what the episode of today will be. I've got a good one today, Daisy. I want to talk about paying it forward. I feel like that's what we do every week on our show. We pass on our collective experience and wisdom in some way on different topics. And I think that's one way that you can pay it forward is by freely sharing your experiences with others in the hope that it would inspire them and help them somehow. Would you say that we are paying it forward? Oh, absolutely, yes. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yes, I think you just said in that introduction something very important that I just like to circle back to. Paying it forward, sharing the wisdom. We call it wisdom. We can also call it life experience, insights, experiences, thoughts that we have and sometimes discuss in our private conversations, but also openly share with the world. And actually, so many people are doing it without even knowing that they're doing it on social media. Now, paying it forward is a great thing, but please, can we focus on the quality of what we are paying forward? Super important point. Yes. Oh, I'm glad she agrees. Yes. So I think paying forward is something very natural to humans. When you observe little children and they have a delight by licking on something and they find it's delicious and they want to pay it forward, they want to share that experience. And for some adults, it's maybe disgusting because little children have a different threshold of what they really like and find attractive, at least to try once. <laughs> if it is the little dirt or the little sand of the sandbox or maybe a frog or an insect, I think the intention, and we spoke about intentions, but the goal is sharing or the desired outcome is sharing. And I do believe that this is absolutely innate. And now our quest, my quest is let's focus on the quality that we are sharing. Why? Because everything has an impact. Everything affects everything. And I can determine in which direction it's going to affect. Let's say all humans go in a circle and we can go in circles and many people do. And I'm the first to admit that I did many times and sometimes lengthy times. The question is in which direction? Upside, upwards, downside, downwards. 
So if I'm understanding what you're putting out there, Daisy, is you're saying that firstly, humans have an innate instinctual attribute where they want to share naturally. Mm -hmm. So that's already in us and can be observed in children. I would definitely agree with that. And part of what I wanted to talk about when we talk about paying it forward is to inspire and encourage more people to let that part of them shine. Mm. So thank you for bringing up that point that it's innate because I 100% agree and I feel it within myself, which is part of the motivation to keep doing this podcast after so long is I feel like we are giving such a special gift to the world in the form of something that can be consumed very easily once a week and can be such a benefit. And as you then said that everything impacts everything and that life is a circle. And I think you're right about that too. I think that my personal thoughts too, is that life is duality, that how can we have an up without a down? How could you go around the circle, but you are traveling in different directions as you go around? I think that alongside wanting to share is we have to have some focus around, as you say, what we are sharing And perhaps even the intentions behind sharing and the intentions that you have for the impact of that. I think these are all important things because we want to encourage and inspire this in the best way possible. I think now talking about building communities with each other and how we do that is really important so we get it right. Yes. I think there's not only one way to get it right. And I think our bodies, emotions, emotions, energy in motion is the indicator. It signals back to us if we are heading in the right direction that feels comforting long term, not instantaneous gratification lasting two seconds or two minutes or some may last a little longer. Now, when I speak about that I think it is innate that we love to share as humans. There are two aspects I'd like to shine light on. One is that I also can choose, I show you, this is my cup and there's my water in it and I don't want to share of this right now. I have the right to do that and I also have the right to offer you and share with you. But that is me. That's one thing. And now comes the fear-mongering into the concept, I think. When I'm consuming media that consistently tells me there's not enough, in this case, tea or water with some herbs, when I'm consistently consuming that there is not enough, then it will lower my innate talent or attribute to willing to share. Yeah, so I think you're on the precipice there of a really important point is that we've been conditioned to expect scarcity and therefore fear. And I think that we've spoken before about the physical impacts of fear and being kept in a fear state and therefore it rolls that if that's being done 
what is the opposite of that and it is to not allow this fear to overtake us but instead to take a different sort of tact and come from what I think is this angle of inspiring others and sharing what we all can to, I think, pull each other up which I guess is very close to the pay it forward concept because we're giving a hand up to people like so that they can also do the same and it empowers people as opposed to handouts which kind of keep people in a powerless position, right? Well, we're up against a lot of factors that jeopardize our human values, our humane I'm not sure if that word exists. It does now. (laughs) And I think it is our, every one of us, our individual responsibility to cultivate, practice and pay forward these human values. I had a great conversation earlier today with a gentleman from California. He's worldwide very well known. And we were also speaking about what are we afraid of and why are we afraid of it? whatever it is at the moment, and how to handle it. And once we overcome that, that life can be so easy. That sounds a little abstract, maybe. It requires our participation in the fear-mongering. Is it easy to exit? I didn't say it's easy. I say it's worthwhile. Let me give you an example. I'm making this up. Let's say I'm afraid there won't be water ever again flowing out of my faucets. Will I handle my laundry and flushing the bathroom and maybe taking a shower, washing my hands, cooking pasta or rice or soup that requires lots of water or more water than if I'd grill something or toast a piece of bread? Will I handle my water consumption in a different way than when I believe that there is water and there will be water if maybe temporarily there's none, but there will be water again? Will it affect and impact my behavior? I think absolutely yes. I think this is actually a really good example. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If I can kick in here, I do have an experience around this because I have lived off the grid where there was no running water and it was a real chore to bring in water by hand and you definitely changed your behavior according to the amount that you had to use. And the reason I want to kick in my experience is because that is a real scarcity and it is easy to have a real fear around something that is your reality. And I guess that I dealt with that, one, by having a plan as to having a water source. But two, more innately, I have a confidence in my own ability to find a solution. And I feel like this is an answer to fear for people, is to have a confidence in your own ability to find solutions. If we can have that for ourselves, it removes the fear from uncertainty because we know there's going to be uncertainty. It's how we respond that matters. 
And so if we can build this self-confidence around an ability to cope with whatever uncertainty, then I think that automatically reduces the fear. Super. My theory. Well, I agree with you. I'd like to jump in with the scarcity of water. Of course, if I choose now to move to West Sahara, there most likely will be a scarcity of water that is very real. Now, what can I do when I still and nevertheless want to move to West Sahara? I can plan. I can be a forward thinker. And if I'm not enough creative to be a forward thinker, then there are other people I may be able to ask. And let's say I don't know anyone to ask. I do certainly have the capability to find somebody to ask. And if they also don't know a solution, how to prepare, then maybe together we can find somebody who knows a solution or we together can find a solution. Now, that is exactly theoretically, but also practically how we can just chip, chop, chip, chop, chip, chop and dissolve fear in most cases. Why do we speak about fear when it comes to paying it forward? Well, when I'm in fear, I don't even think about my innate attributes. Why? Because it's all about survival. Now, when I overcome that survival modus operandi, then I can lean back or I can catch up or reconnect with my innate attributes. And then I can freely choose. Do I want to give you part of my pen or do I not want to give you part of my pen? Do I want to share with you some of my tea or do I not want to share some of my tea? When then it becomes a conscious decision, a conscious choice, then I'm already, I like to call it homo humanus, meaning a humane human and not an autopilot, which is the nowadays era homo sapiens. So I think. Well, I think that congratulations on coining the term for the next evolution of humanity. <laughs> I think that's inspiring. No, I actually do because it's a big vision that you have, Daisy, and it is so huge that it's hard to describe and share. And mm. I know it because I have know you so well, I think, and you've shared so much with me over the years but your vision for humanity is quite special and quite lovely. And I hear it everywhere. Other people are saying the same thing, that love is the answer. Together, we can build a better future. And I wholeheartedly agree. So I love that you've named our next evolution and let it be so by us all doing this. Let's all share the best of ourselves from a place of love. We don't need to be in fear. So much fear and scarcity and deceit has been peddled to us over years of conditioning in school systems and in societies and in cultures over the last well, I'm going to say my lifetime. You're very gentle. And probably more than that. And I think that there's definitely an awakening about how we want the future to be. 
and what we want for our children and Mm. their children. Mm. And at 50, I can now conceive of the possibility of great-grandchildren. When I was younger, it was all very (laughs) wishy-washy. I've just got a kid. I'm trying to figure that out, (laughs) let alone descendants. But now it's all very real for me because I have a grandchild. And the world I want him to have and his children to have, it looks like the world I know that you envision too. And so I believe that together we can do that, that we can create a world where paying it forward is encouraged and it is done in a way that lifts each other up. That's what I would like to see. And I believe that's how we get to this world that is better for all of us, for our descendants. I so appreciate. Better is a very loose world. I appreciate that. (laughs) I hear you, if I understand you correctly, that increase in quality. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate very much that we share our vision or that you join me in my vision. I truly believe that we already have everything we need. And I think it's not huge changes necessary. I think it's like tiny little adjustments, like in the old radios when in the cars, they still had a knob and then you and then you were able to hear it a little better. And then when you drove some miles or some kilometers and you lost the station, you needed to adjust again. I think that is somehow how I'd describe where we are at one human family right now. And when I look at the social media complex... Actually, we have all we wanted, all we need to utilize to fasten that process up to become more humane again, or maybe for the first time ever. I leave that up to the historians that are specialized in that field. Many years ago, I researched one of the social medias that is quite well known. And I wanted to know, so what is the ingredients recipe that made them so successful so quickly? And actually, when we look at the basic human needs during our own evolution, not even upbringing yet, let's go back to mommy's womb. Everyone who listens to us, besides some computer-generated observation programs or surveillance programs, but those who listen to us humans, we have one big thing in common, and that was mommy's womb. Now, we were conceived... And then we grew and we were able to grow while being connected. That's very important. And then at the end of the womb days, the day of our birth and the day of our big arrival, big bang, yes, here we are because we made it and we were the winner who actually made it into this development. We were able to show who we were and how we were. When we look now at social media and the basic concept, oh, so you can be connected, you can grow. We're able to grow while we are connected. We're never losing that connection. Gives us that sort of safety net, makes us grow more confidently. And then we can show, here's the picture of my dinner. Here's the picture of my mouse. Here's the picture of my new pen or old pen or my little bracelet. And I can show myself. It all went rather south. That's my expression when I think it goes a little bit in the wrong direction. When the quality of morals, I don't mean that in a religious way, or ethics and 
or integrity got lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. You most likely, by your age, you witnessed the development of social media. And interesting what happened. In the beginning, it was more polite. It was kinder. People were a little hesitant what they shared from their privacy. Well, 2023 is a different era when it comes to that, what we're sharing and how we're sharing it and how we, I exclude myself because I don't do that. But as humans, many people do. They hide behind a facade. A facade is one thing, but also anonymously in that fog, they say things or write things they would never dare to say if somebody would face them face to face. Yeah. But it's just like the knife. I can go and steal and cut off my neighbor's hedge or the roses, or maybe I can carve something beautiful. Or I can cut my onions and my carrots into beautiful, precise slices. It's up to me what I do with a knife. So when we now look at social media, which is already in existence, actually, we would not need any fact checkers or ethic checkers. When we increase human values, make them popular again or fashionable, everything falls into place. I had a great conversation with a group of teachers last week from Europe. I have some ideas how we can bring the volumes and the quantity and the quality of human values back into the classrooms or into the education system or into the evolution of children when they grow up and when they develop. And we had a great conversation and I'm so grateful that they allow me to drop in an idea, a spark, and then we brainstorm together and we develop and I take in their ideas and then it develops even further how we can do that. So we developed a concept and we're working on it to make it universal, universal meaning for all children, no matter the geographics who have access to having a look at it. And for all teachers around the globe, geographically, independently, no matter their upbringing, no matter their history, no matter their religion, no matter their cultural background, and really humanely deliver human values in such an easily understandable way that teachers, parents, kindergarten teachers, nannies, and even the oldest siblings will have it so easy and simple to make it really fun to describe and define and practice and enjoy human values. And when humans who already enjoy and practice human values more and more often then they will use the knife in a certain way, forward slash, or the social media also in a more healthy way, in a more humane way. And it's so easy. I know of people who have a very different way of expressing themselves. And there's a saying that it rubs off. Well, I'm so glad that sometimes my persistence in being articulate or my choice or my picky ways of not using specific words, it's rubbing off. It's rubbing off around the world. It's beautiful. Now imagine if we all become more like where others can rub off and we feel good about ourselves that they rubbed off something good. Now that's also a way of paying it forward, isn't it? 100%. Yes, it is. 
I'm super excited about this concept that you're developing with these teachers because that sounds super amazing and has the potential to really reach more humans. And at a younger age, I think that the generation right now needs something like this because what's their alternative? Their whole world's around electronics nowadays. And I think there needs to be another form of learning that is healthier. Like it concerns me seeing young children have screen time the whole day And I think about my childhood and what that would have been like and how it would have impacted me. It does concern me, but it's everywhere and unavoidable. So I think that we need to think about that and we need to find ways to make the environment where our children learn as healthy as we can. So it's an exciting concept. Please keep us posted on how that goes and when it's ready to be shared because I am sure that out there in our 94 countries we have some teachers. 95, 95, 95. 95. I just looked and I forgot to tell you. (laughs) 95. Wonderful. 95. That's wonderful. So, yes, look, this has been a huge episode as it turns out. Some great concepts, great discussion. It would take too long to summarize the whole thing. So I think we're going to leave it there and let our audience ponder all the things we've talked about. And I encourage each and every one of you to reach out to us and let us know what you think about the episode And perhaps how you think that you could pay it forward in your community. We'd love to hear that from you guys. Yes. And when you're a teacher or if you're in any community where you feel like we can bring joy and we can bring quality to your life, please contact us. We do so much voluntary work. And only because many people don't share that we do, we share that we do. And circling back to the title of your episode, Paying It Forward. I think it is a good idea to realize that everyone is paying it forward and everyone is paying forward everything they hold within themselves. So we go back, clean out house within yourself, because when I'm an angry human, I will pay forward that anger. So because we are interacting and we are humane because we need that interaction and it makes us even more humane. And when we become more and more aware that whatever I say is already paying something forward and I can be the one who can choose what quality I'm going to share. And when we take our responsibility, which it is sometimes described that, oh, no, you're not responsible. Oh, yes, you are. Sooner or later, that day will come and we all will find out if we were or were not responsible for our choices that we made when it came to what we paved forward. And again, the play on word, paying forward, paving it forward. Did you say paving? Mm -hmm. With a V? With a V. The road, that path. Everything we pay forward builds a path. Yeah, certainly I think I agree with that. Yes, I do. And I think that was a great way to remind everybody that it is all up to us in the end and it is many us's that make up our communities. Let's remember that it is completely within our power. Okay, that's it, I think, for us this week. 
It's been an amazing episode. If you want to get in touch, baldandblonde.live, there's a contact page, there's a place to listen to any episode, there's a search bar for topics. Please let us know what you think of our episode. Let us know how you're going to pay it forward. We'd Mm. love to hear from you. While you're there, please go up to the support us button and share some love. We really need your help to stay ad-free. It takes a lot of resources to produce these episodes every single week just for you. Keep sharing. Amazing. We've reached 95 countries. Congratulations. That's super. We hope to reach many more. We have a goal of 100 this year and I feel very confident we're going to meet that goal. So that's super exciting. (laughs) I think so. Keep sharing, everybody, and let's do that together. That's it from us this week. We are bald and blonde. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening in to the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. Please share our show with your family and friends. Together, we make this world a better place for you, for us, for future generations. When you need consulting or coaching, visit selfrecoding.com. Also, please remember to rate us five stars and leave a review and support us at baldandblonde.live. Talk to you soon.